Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. I'm Melissa Edgington. It's good to be back broadcasting, podcasting with you as we talk about all the interesting things that are taking place in the life of Melissa Edgington. <laughs> Man, it's been a while. It's been so long. Gosh, it's terrible. I forgot how to do this. I don't even know if we have anything to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot how to podcast. We don't know how to podcast. We... So what ha- what what's been going on? So let's uh let's just say we always have the 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 finest of intentions and yet because I have a job and we have three kids and the flu is ravaging our little town. We just have had to put podcasting and, you know, building up the media empire on the back burner. Last week, a really sweet follower told me that she was waiting patiently, you know, for our next podcast. And I said, we're determined to get it done this week. And then our first flu um, victim went down in Mm -hmm. our family, which was Sawyer. And How long has, it, has this been going on? Like three weeks now? It feels like it. I mean, something like that, Almost right? two weeks. Okay. So Thursday before last, Sawyer went down with the flu. And then on Saturday before last, Adelaide went down with the flu. Right. And then um, on Wednesday, Emerald went down with the flu. Yeah. So we've just been... But we haven't gotten it. Yeah. So far, so good. Yeah. Knock on... Um, pressed wood but emerald has had it the worst of all of them oh, man. and it's, it's been, been so terrible oh it's been and her uh, sickness has been coupled with nosebleeds and you know it's weird in 13 years of marriage we've we, been married longer than 13 i mean i mean i, I said that wrong <laughs> i meant in 13 years of parenting yeah we've we've been married for almost 20 years almost 19 Oh, that's close to 20. Are you just going to say 20 from now on? I mean, when I'm, you know, I round up. Because you know. it sounds so impressive to yeah, you. Yeah, because you're like, guys, you know, uh, Melissa and I have been married for 20 years. And, you know, there's ups and downs. And y'all are going through them. Well, technically, we've been together for 21 years. Okay. So over 20 years, we've been together. Yeah. Yeah, so you can say things like that. So, guys, this is just a bump in the road. Don't you think it makes us sound old when we say we've been married 20 years? Yeah, that and, and when I say my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> when I say my age. Yeah. Um, well, the, just the things I can remember make me feel old. Like, I remember telephones attached to walls with wires. Yeah. I remember when there were no computers in people's houses. <laughs> yeah. You know, we kind of grew up in the last... I mean, our our generation really did see all that. All the way we saw the future come into being, we did. It was weird. Like we sort of in the way, the way that we lived as young children was still a lot more. I would say closer to the way our grandparents lived than the way our kids will. Our live. kids will live. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, which probably every generation says that, but I think. Things are really, really changing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So, yeah. So what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. 13 years of parenting. We had never had a nosebleed, I don't yeah, think. Have no. you, do you uh-uh. remember one? No, we've never had one. And it was traumatic. For us. 
and for her, but <laughs> m- mostly for us. You know, so here we are. Hey, don't tell all of the gory details. <laughs> well, but let's just say it looked like a scene from y'all remember that horror movie Carrie when they um, poured the pig blood all over her at the prom. <laughs> I never saw that. That's My somewhat parents, what it looked like. Yeah, we weren't allowed to watch things like that. So. <laughs> Somehow I saw the last ten minutes of that movie when I was five. I don't know how it happened, and I was horrified well, for I, years I, after I was, that. I always thought. There's a scene at the end where this hand comes up out of a grave. You should stop telling this story. I I thought for probably two or three years after that, every time I sat on the toilet, for some reason it was the toilet, I was afraid a hand was going to come up out of the floor. Well, that's a normal fear. I always thought it would be a snake. Out of the floor or out of the toilet? Out of the toilet. Really? Yeah. Just thought it was going to jump up there and bite me around the bottom. Maybe toilets are just scary for kids because they're loud. Well, because they're like a portal to the underworld. Right, you don't know where, where that's going. Yeah, you just yeah. know bad stuff goes there, and there's bad stuff coming the other way. <laughs> and there's alligators down there. And Thank I goodness we didn't have the internet, because now I see all these pictures of just giant pythons and, and people's toilets. toilets. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it was it was it was really sad, and and she was just convinced that this was the end. Yeah, I just know I'm dying. And yeah. We're like, no, you don't die of a nosebleed. But I was really scared. <laughs> we were both like, is she dying? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? This is crazy. <laughs> I don't know. It's just those that's a scary that's a scary yeah, there's 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 was one part of it that is so bad we can't even tell. Um but it was really traumatic. It will disturb me for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if Let's you just catch, say if you, there was a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. Yeah. So that then when she got one that night, it was just you know, oh, okay. I we can't. We don't have yeah. to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, so we've been just Google the prom scene from Carrie. Yeah. You'll know. <laughs> yeah, but it was so sweet the way I was. You know, pinching her nose for like ten minutes. You got to pinch their nose, and and she's, oh, daddy. Oh, I was so sad. Oh, it's like, how does she know to say oh before she said? Like that is either really manipulative or no. She uh, was think, just in you, the how, moment. Where do you learn to say? Oh, Daddy, what are they doing? Is just watching old movies? Is how they learned that? I don't know, but that was really sad. Oh, she was like Zuzu, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, Daddy, paste it together again with the pedals, you know? Yeah, Zuzu's know. pedals. Yeah. She, oh, Daddy, I'm terrified. And I was thinking, I'm terrified too. And I'm like, well, <laughs> there's no problems here. <laughs> Over her head, we were both just like, like our eyes were as big as saucers. Yeah, so we were not prepared for the nosebleed. <laughs> And uh, so parents of nosebleeders, you have our respect. Big time. <laughs> we hope we never see another one of those again. <laughs> I know. We, we've got the humidifiers going. Uh, we're doing everything we can to we, never we, see we nose have, coming. We've done bloody noses. three major nosebleeds in the last two yeah. days. Yeah. And then probably five minor nosebleeds. So they're listening now saying, yeah, they really did forget how to podcast. We don't care about the nosebleeds, so we'll <laughs> we'll move on. Uh but it's been it's been that just lets you know what it's been like. And of course everything is busy. The the in the winter um things don't really slow down here. We 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 just have a lot going on and and so um you know, we're going to podcast when we can and watch TV when we can. <laughs> That's probably one of the major reasons we haven't been podcasting. Well, I think it really has really changed our evening routine that we got Amazon Fire Stick first. 
And then we got Netflix. Well, we've had that for a while. We had that Fire Stick for a while. And we've watched sort of several series, you know, on the BBC. And then those were those were all, we watched them all. Yeah. So we watched all the masterpiece dramas, you know, that were on Masterpiece, whatever that was called. And then we didn't have anything to watch. And then we got two things. Uh, Netflix, and uh, there's a thing called, I want to tell you about this, it's almost like a ministry resource, you could tell people you can use this, called VidAngel. Yes, it's the best. It's really cool. So you can go to your Amazon Prime and your Netflix accounts, or you can go to VidAngel and you can link your Netflix and your Amazon Prime. So a lot of shows... um, yeah, there's probably a lot of shows that Christians don't have any business watching. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a lot like you know that just are gratuitously violent, se- uh, overly sexual, and you know lots of nudity, lots of profanity. There's there are sh- shows that you just don't need to see because the worldview is so bad, and it, you know I don't you but you've got to discern that yourself. Um, but on the other hand, there are some, this is my opinion, there are some shows that you watch them and you think, why did they have to put that in there? You know, why did they have to put one or two, you know, uh, scenes where there's a profanity, um, a, a sexual scene that doesn't really add anything to the story? And the right. story's perfectly fine without it. Yeah. Well, VidAngel's a really neat tool, and they had some legal issues over how to do this because the directors of these TV shows and movies, they don't like people monkeying with their edits, you know? Right. They feel like they've created art. Um, but, you know, we we can consume that art however we want. That's kind of VidAngel's idea. And so you can go in and you can... Um, filter out all all that all it will tell you everything that's in the episode and then you go through and you mark out the things that you, you don't, don't want to see and it will just skip them it just so edits if there's them. blasphemy or um, violence or you know sexual scenes or something you can just take those things out and so we've been watching the crown with all that stuff removed and you can't I mean, you can't hardly even tell. The edits are really smooth. Yeah. So it's 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 really amazing. And it's been so nice for us because so many times we have started to watch a show and then something happens and then we have to turn it off turn and it off. well, we're yeah. ne- we can never watch that again. Yeah. You yeah. know. So it's nice to it's nice to just be able to look at the program you're about to watch and know what's going to offend you. Yeah, and know what's <laughs> and know what's in it. Yeah. You know. So that's kind of a way that you can. Uh, you know, there's good stories, but you know you've got to you've got to balance that out with your convictions, and you need to you know uh, watch these things and with your with your through a Christian worldview and with and, and not to watch anything that is uh, sinful. So you know there's lots you can read about that and 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 so on. But uh, look at that vid angel, and you can it's on. Uh, the Roku or Fire Stick or those sorts of things, you can just yeah. download the app. So that's been we've been watching some TV, and that's been really, really interesting. Kind of, kind of a interesting thing about the Crown. There is one, um, one of the episodes is about Winston Churchill having a portrait made of himself. Remember yeah. that that one's really good, and he did not like the portrait. Mm-hmm. And today there were portraits of Barack and Michelle Obama unveiled, and it made me think of that episode when they unveiled them. Yeah, I just thought, wow, that uh, those are 
those did not look like what I thought a presidential portrait would look like. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get them. I don't know if I'm just not quite, you know, highbrow enough to understand what was happening there. Okay, here's I saw them and I, I thought those don't make any sense. That's what I thought. I don't I I it didn't neither one of them looked good to me. I thought that is the craziest looking artwork I've ever seen. So my immediate reaction was these are awful. And you know, maybe that was too strong. So I mean, I think maybe you hear something or you see something and you you just think that's no good. And then it has a little bit of time to grow on you. Barack's painting is growing on me. And the guy kind of pointed me towards some other paintings that the guy's done. And I looked, I Googled it. He has a really cool picture of Michael Jackson on a horse. Looks like he's dressed like Napoleon. Hmm. And it's cool. Like there's a lot of really, the way he paints is really cool. But it's like on Barack Obama, he tried to tone it down a little bit. And then it didn't make any sense. It looked like Barack Obama's in a floating chair, you know, that's caught in some greenery. Yeah. It just looks weird. Like the, the background doesn't make any sense. So I just saw that. I was like, this, what is this? You know, the chair, I don't know. You always run a risk when you, when you do the portrait in the chair because it looks a lot like a toilet. Right. And then you've got the snake issue. <laughs> right. <laughs> no. But, but I would say, say that's, you know, it's like whenever the, uh, the all the kids get their senior pictures and there's like the one, the photographer's all like, just squat down right there. <laughs> yeah, and it looks like, yeah. Yeah, and then, then somebody, you know, that that shows up, kids are kids, they, you know, they they know how to do things on their phone so they can get a little poop emoji and put it in the right spot. <laughs> Have you actually seen somebody do that? There are whole page, web pages dedicated to the squatting in the field pictures and poop emojis. <laughs> And they are funny. Oh my goodness! So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would. Have, I don't know if I advised a chair shot, but it, but it does look cool. And his face, it looks, it definitely looks like Barack Obama. But see, that's the issue with Michelle's painting. I just did not feel like it looked like her. Yeah, if you didn't know that was Michelle Obama, you would never think. That's how you, you know, a portrait really. That's like a key to it, right? Right. You need to recognize. Needs to the look person. like the person. Needs to look like I the person. I have painted a portrait. Mm-hmm. Of. Me, right? You. Yeah. And it is really hard to paint portraits. So you, you have sympathy for Michelle's portrait artist. I do. I do. Because, because, you, because sometimes it looks like them when you're painting and then... And then it, it is the weirdest thing. It's like you think you're, you're working on it and you're thinking, this really looks like them. This really looks like them. And then one stroke in the wrong place with your brush and then mm-hmm. oh it doesn't really look like cuz cuz to, to to make it look like somebody you have to pretty much nail every feature yeah and like it's so the, hard like if the nose is right but the mouth is wrong it doesn't look like them right and, or if the, and even just the proportions, the proportions of the face off. it's just so hard yeah so i looked at this lady's paintings and and it you know it looks just her other paintings look like this one they're kind of muted um they're you know, but they've got some. It's like it's like a blend of of some color and then lots of drab. You know, but it's yeah. a style that the woman has. So they knew what it was going to look like. They they wanted her to paint in her particular style. That's her style, right? And if and if she had done her style, which the style's cool. I think the dress looks really cool. If she had done her style, and then it looked like Michelle, you would say, well, you know, to each his own. Some guys like chairs floating in greenery you know <laughs> looks like it it looks like a portrait of, of barack obama you know 
But that just looks like some lady that yeah. you don't know. It's a good painting. It's just not a painting of Michelle Obama. One thing is I feel like it looks like a woman who's about 15 years younger but, but that, than Michelle. That, yeah. You know. But you know what? I learned a lot one day whenever I went through a museum with our friend who's an actual artist. Mm-hmm. We went to, uh, was it the Modern Art Museum in Fort Worth? Uh, I don't remember. Anyway, I have never un- really understood modern or abstract kind of art. And she took me through the museum. She taught me so much that day about how it wasn't really necessarily about what it looked like. It was about what the artist was doing in his time or her time. I don't know. But here's the – yeah. that it, Right. So it, it's it's amazing to see how – some artist came up with some kind of cutting edge design and then that became what the next 10 years or 20 years down the road, everything looked like that. Right. That's interesting to me how there, there were people that, you know, really brought what we would consider modern looking art into modernity. And you see they painted something that you would, if you were going to guess when was this painted, you'd say, Oh, that must've been painted in the fifties or sixties. And you look at it and it's like 1914. And you think, yeah. wow, you know, how were they thinking of that? And right. they, they'd never seen the future. They were painting it. Right. You know, they were making the future, which that's really cool. So, yeah, that's 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 interesting. And and it, and also with artwork, of course, it's so subjective. You see the, you know, these two paintings and, you know, everybody has a different reaction to it. Of course, you know, I think some people are going to love it no matter what, just because it's different. But we look at that and we're like, oh, you know. But that's how art is. Not We don't all like the same kind of music. We don't like the same kind of, you know, paintings. We don't like the same kind of books. I mean, that's just art. Right. Everybody likes different stuff. So, you know, it's very subjective. And, and of course, when you stray away from something that would be traditional, you're going to have people say, well, they don't like it. And then you get it, well, you know, you don't like the president's portraits. And then it gets political or racial or all these different things. But I really think with this, you've got to cut people some slack because it's art. Right. It, you know, nobody knows who painted it. They're not mad at the artist. They just say, I don't like it. Right. You know, it's like looking at couches or something. You don't know who made it. You're just like, I don't want to sit on that. Yeah. You ever feel that way about a couch? Are you ever, you're, uh, have you ever met a couch you didn't like? Yeah. I've gone furniture shopping with you and you don't like most of them. Yeah, because I don't like it if the couch is too deep. It's not comfortable because, mm. you know, my... I'm I'm a small person. And you don't like them if they have cup holders. <laughs> no, I don't like them if they have cup holders. Yeah. Like that that there's like two kinds of people. There's the kind of people who are cool with a couch with cup holders cuz they're like, "Hey, I'm all about sitting here and and having a place to put my drink." Right. And then there's other people that are like, "Look, it's a couch, man. Um, it's not designed for your comfort. It's designed for how it's going to strike your eye when you walk into the room." <laughs> Right. Well, that's the main thing. <laughs> so I must admit, I I never have a place to put my drink when yeah. I'm sitting on my couch. Yeah, so, so. I mean, I'm saying this is, just, this is just some people buy a couch with different I, I things I pay in for mind. it. I pay for yeah. it. Well, it's that, just your, yeah. it's your, you know, it's, it's what your commitment lies. Right. To comfort or to aesthetics. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll go for cute. Yeah, go, it's cute. It doesn't matter what it feels like when you sit on it. It's true. Unless it's too deep. I just can't handle okay. that. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah, but you know, just get tiny cushions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that was that was interesting. Speaking of art and curating. <laughs> <laughs> I 
nice segue. Gosh, that was good. <laughs> Maybe I do remember how to do this. <laughs> Can I talk about my idea? Yes, Chad has been chomping at the bit to talk about this idea for a month, and he's finally on the podcast. I'm really having so, a hard time remembering it. Take it away, Chad. Okay, so what did you what did you say it was called? What, what did you? <laughs> I said, do you want to talk about your prorate the hate? Prorate idea? the hate. <laughs> I, have, I have an I have an idea for social media. Do you ever feel like Facebook, Twitters, Instagram? All those different things make people's lives worse. I hear people say that all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's true. I think Facebook, that when, when you know, tech is turning on itself, it, the technology companies are saying, yes, it's true. We're responsible for ruining people's lives. Mm. Have you heard them talking about this on Facebook and, you know, the news? You haven't, you haven't seen this? It's like the founders of Facebook are going into colleges and apologizing for ruining people's lives. Really? Yeah. But it's true, isn't it? There is a Facebook effect, don't you think? I think so. Okay. Uh, the Facebook effect is you look at people's lives on the pictures that they choose to put up, which are always the pictures that make their life seem awesome. And so people are looking at everybody else's awesome life, and what are they thinking about their own life? My life stinks. My life's no good. Man, these guys are vacationing. They're having all this fun. Um, you know, their eyes look really big. They look like they are really skinny. But, you know, all this is manipulated. You turn the camera a certain way. You hold the camera at a certain angle. You look better. Yeah. But that's just a, kind of a metaphor for the whole way Facebook works. We try to put our best foot forward. It's not real. Yeah, and then people b- b- want people to like their fake life, and so they want you. To, they want to see comments, and people are always looking for reactions to to their awesome fake life that they're putting up. Right. So it's causing all this kind of, and and then then that's not even talking about the drama, the drama of social media, right? Where you're interacting with so many fools, right? People that can just say whatever they want, yeah, with impunity. Things they would never be able to say out in public. But, you know, we get brave behind our keyboards. Our thumbs get brave when we're going to let somebody have it. Yeah. You know. So you wind up with, you know, kind of a toxic environment on your Facebook or your social media accounts. So my idea is called Curate the Hate. There are ways that you can, because we're afraid to delete friends, because you don't want to delete a friend and then find out, oh, they deleted me. Have you ever been deleted before? Uh, I don't know. I'm sure I have. I have been deleted many times. <laughs> How do you find out? Um, you, you decide to go say I something decide, to them, Yeah, I'll decide to check on somebody that I was, you know afraid that I've offended or that I've put something up that hurt their feelings. And it says add friend. And it says add friend. And I'm like, oh, they did it. But, you know, that's what kind of gave me the idea for the Curate the Hate is that they were cutting me out of their life. They perce- I was actually in their life as a force for truth. <laughs> I hope. That's what everybody thinks. Yeah, that's what everybody thinks. I, I was trying to be honest, and then they were, you know, like, mm, no, I'd just be better off without Chad Edgington in my life. Mm. And there are people that feel that way, you know, and I honestly can't blame them. Yeah. Uh, I get tired of hearing me talk, too. 
So they were cutting me out, and I thought, well, that's a pretty good idea. But I don't want to do that because I know how it feels when you show up and it's like ad friend. Oh, man, Chad, I don't want them to know Chad deleted me. But you can go on Facebook and you can unfollow somebody. You can hide them. There are, there are different settings. So if somebody keeps showing up, and now, now think about it. If someone's even just annoying you, there's, there's no rule that says people get to annoy you on your phone. You know? All right. Just curate that stuff. Curate that hate. You know, if you got a, you know, the worst person on Facebook, you know, it's a, it's a vague booker. Don't you get tired of the vague bookers? I can't stand that. That's your pet peeve, isn't it? I think it's it? because I'm a busybody. That's something I've learned about myself. <laughs> because you really want to know because what Because I'm they're... like, what does that mean? I need to know right <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah. Who is he talking about? Yeah. You just, you just show up, you open up their post, and it's like, oh, please. <laughs> You're like, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> or it's like, I'm so done. I can't even <laughs> this morning. And they know who they are. And immediately, I'm so paranoid. I'm like, must be me. What did I say? What did I do? Try to go to their profile make sure it doesn't say ad friend. Uh, you know. The... <laughs> but you see these people. And, and then there are some people, and you want to go shake them by the shoulders and say, do you realize that everything that comes to your mind you put on Facebook and everything that comes to your mind is negative. Yeah. And, and you are, you're doing Facebook wrong. The idea of Facebook <laughs> is to make me think your life is awesome. But in, in reality, you hate your kids. You hate your husband. You hate his job. You hate everything. You cannot stop using profanity. You are losing at the game of life, woman. <clears throat> you've, got to, you've got to calm this stuff down. So yeah. instead of feeling that way about people and almost feeling sorry for them, now what I do is I just hide them. Yeah. And I don't have to see them anymore. Well, it has happened to me several, several times over the past few years that I will know somebody in real life and I really like them, you know, and they just are normal and they're funny and everything. And then you become friends with them on social media and it's like, I I wish I didn't know the social media them because I like the real life them so mm-hmm. much better. You right, know? right, right, right. And so I think in that case, it's better to just hide them because then you just know who they are in real life mm-hmm. and you don't get a negative opinion of them. Yeah. But I'm sure people hide me all the time because I post too many opinions, you know, through my blog posts. Right. Yeah, someone said, I don't want to see that anymore. That's, but see, that's that's what I'm saying. Just curate that right out of your life. If it's a negative influence, not uh, if they're annoying you, you, you're allowed to. I just wanted you to know, even though I have n- not much authority in this world, I'm giving you the right to do that. I'm empowering you to curate the hate. Curate the hate. And I think it's a great thing because it makes your life better when you don't have to listen to that or read what that vague booker says. Or you don't have to, you don't have to hear those rants. Or if somebody speaks negative about our fair city, I hide them. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Right. I don't want to hear the people complaining about everything. So I just, I hide them. And I try, and I don't always do this well, but I mean, I really do endeavor to, you know, I did complain about those portraits today. But I really, I try <laughs> to keep my Facebook positive. I try to, I try to put things up I think will help people. And I'll notice I go through seasons where I'm more or less argumentative or outraged over something 
but you know, I did it the other day on the on the Gloria Copeland thing. I posted something about a, a sort of a faith healer um, saying that we kind of discouraging the use of flu shots because Jesus is our flu shot. And I just I posted it without even thinking about it. You know. Yeah. So I, if I'd have seen myself do that and saw my bad attitude about it, which was probably righteous indignation, but I probably would have I would have hid myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no idea what I post. I can't even see it. <laughs> yeah. well, I didn't want to tell you this, but I hid you a long time ago. Yeah, I would have. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's surprise. I'm always surprised. Like I'll get a comment from somebody, you know, on something that I'll post and, and I'll think, wow, I don't usually think about the fact that that person that I haven't really spoken to in person in 30 years that's the thing 25 years that's the thing that people don't think about Mm -hmm. and i have former students of mine that i'm friends with on facebook Mm -hmm. and some of the things they put up i just i've even said to you before there's no way they're thinking that mrs edgington their seventh grade english teacher is reading this you know but you know what's even more amazing than that is all these people that are friends on facebook with their pastor yeah and the stuff they post it's or like, their mother. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Your first, your mother. They talking about their mother. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's like they post stuff, and then you then you see their mother in the comments, and they're like trying to, you know, uh, that's not how we raised you. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be really hard. Like two things. It'll be it would be hard to see your your kids' Facebook. Yeah. And then it's going to be weird one of these days if they ever see yours, right? Which they will. Yeah, they which will. I so. always try to I always try to say that to parents, you know, be careful how you talk about your kids mm. on social media. Yeah. There's been an article going around um this week about a woman who she was talking about how common it is for women to say that they have to drink, you know. In order to survive motherhood. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. she was talking about how sad it is that we would suggest to our own children, I have to be drunk in order to be in the same room with you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I thought my mom, I thought I had a really pleasant childhood. It turns out my mother was an alcoholic. I had no idea. <laughs> but there yeah. are so many things that we say without even thinking about it and not thinking of our kids as the audience, even though everything you put on the internet, it's there, man, it's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we have no idea what kinds of things our kids are going to have access to that we've said through their growing up years. Oh man. oh man! I mean, our mothers were just saying it, you know, like in the kitchen while all the kids were playing. Yeah, they, yeah that's true. Yeah. <laughs> no record of that. Yeah. It's nice. That was, uh, that's, that's the old, the old world we were talking about. Yeah. Back in the old world where you just had like Polaroid pictures and things like that that captured the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, uh, we can do better. So, and then if, and then if somebody just won't do better, curate that hate. Curate the hate. Curate the hate. I like it. You can curate that hate right out of your life. I'm empowering you right now to unfollow me. <laughs> I am going to really be thinking about that now. That phrase is going to come to me when I'm scrolling through and I get Mm -hmm. that familiar frustration that's building up when I see somebody once again has posted. I'm breaking that word curse in the name of Jesus and I'm curating that hate. Curate the hate. That's what you do. So so tell us about your, you you had, uh, before everybody, you know, got sick, 
We had the big sick. Before the big sick. <laughs> in, uh, before the big sick in Olney, Texas, you had, I guess was it, it was at the beginning or the end of January? Yes. About the end of January, you had some, some really neat um, ministry opportunities to go speak uh, to, to a church in Rockwall or Mesquite or where Allen. was it? Allen. Allen. Okay, Allen. And yeah. Then, <laughs> and then you did a retreat for a church in Denton, the Jay and Christie's church. So tell us about your... And then you spoke at the Grand Bible Church. I did. That was a Christmas banquet. Tell us about that one. Um, well, it, it's been really, really fun. I'm so enjoying going out and getting to do these little speaking events because it's neat to just go and visit other churches, see how they do things and meet other women. I've, I've said it before on the podcast, how neat it is to go and just realize when you go to other churches that the church you know, is the same wherever you go. I mean, you're always going to meet people who love the Lord. think the same way you do, yeah. who love Jesus, who are trying to live for him. And it's so encouraging. The remnant. It's encouraging, especially, you know, when you, everything on the Internet seems like people have just lost their ever-loving minds. Mm-hmm. And then you go to other churches and you realize, oh, there's all these nice, sweet women out here who love Jesus, who are just living quiet lives, mm-hmm. who are... You know, living out their faith every single day, you know, and it's just really fun. So I got to go do Grand Bible Church's Christmas banquet, which was really neat. And it was kind of a nativity themed banquet. So I got to do a little talk based on the nativity, which was fun. And then Grand Bible does everything right. Yeah, like when, they a, do, when they put on a when they do a fellowship, they even that night after the Christmas parade. They did a little fellowship that I stayed for. Y'all had to, you had to get, get the kids home. I went over there, and they had, you know, they had everything labeled. They, you know, they had gluten-free cookies. Yeah, like, you know, that, they're so hip over they there. They are hip. They do it right. Yeah. I mean, they've got the little, you know, whenever I go to, a, a, you know, an event that they're planning, you you're at the you go to your spot at the table. There's a nameplate there. With beautiful handwriting. They or ch- or chalk paint. They don't mess around. Yeah. They know how to do it right. It's cool. That event I went to looked like something you would see on Pinterest. Yeah. Anyway, and Shout then, out to Grand Bible Church. Then I got to go to First Baptist, no, no, um, Cottonwood Creek. Cottonwood Creek. In Allen, which is such a cool church. They have really neat facilities and everything there. And I got to speak to this mom's group that meets there, and it was really cool the way that they do things. So I got to see kind of how they're set up, and it's just really just moms with kids of all ages. It's kind of like mops, except it's not just mothers or preschoolers. It's all all ages of children, and they just get together um, every month, and they have a speaker, and they have discussion groups, and they have kind of these older mentor moms who are in all the groups, and it's such a cool thing. But that was fun because I've never gotten to really go and speak just about raising Christ-centered kids, you know, which is what I got to do that day. And they gave you a long time to talk. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And then that same day, I got to start a women's retreat Mm -hmm. for Cross Fellowship Church. And it was really, really fun. And I got to spend the weekend with one of my best friends in the world, Christy Bearley. Shout out. And it was just so fun. I had a ball. 
So I would love to come and see you at your church. Mm-hmm. If you are planning any women's events, keep me in mind because I love going and just hanging out with women and talking about Jesus. And it's just, it's really fun. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, it's more affordable than you think, right? What yeah. you can say to the churches. <laughs> you know, yes. It doesn't, it's not like it pays that much, but, you know, it's a, uh, if you can just get her there and, uh, you know, maybe provide an honorarium that is enough to maybe cover a trip to Chili's. <laughs> We're happy. <laughs> you know, uh, we'll come for Subway gift cards. Uh, you know, we're easy. We're very easy. So you saw the travel and then, but uh, that's really neat to see that ministry kind of working and taking off. And you know what? It, it has been very encouraging to me that the places that I've gone have really been my friends or friends of friends Mm -hmm. who have recommended me. And that's really sweet and encouraging to me that my friends would kind of stick their neck out for me. And Mm -hmm. that's been cool. The ones that didn't unfollow you. Right. Yeah. So the the real loyal friends. (laughs) Curate the hate. Yeah. Other friends have curated the hate right out. And then another sort of exciting development uh, is your what what prompted you to be to think about doing the videos? Um, you said ask. I saw you put up ask me or something like that. Ask me anything or what do you want to know or? I, it said talk to me. Talk actually. to me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was that's a similar idea. Yeah, I was just looking for ideas. I I would like to start doing some videos, you know, on my Facebook page where I just kind of hop on and talk about, you know, some concept or idea that's kind of floating around in my mind. And I was just looking for suggestions from you guys as to what you would like to talk about. Um, And I got some good suggestions. So Chad and I are kind of working on some logistics of figuring out the best way to do videos. And um, hopefully we can get that going pretty quickly. Yeah. So I'm researching all the what software do you use and how do you light your face up and you know it's a lot harder than i thought i'm so glad i'm married to you and you can just figure all that out i don't know i I thought i could figure it out today and i haven't so we'll see we'll see i know you can do it yeah yeah we want you to look like a million bucks yeah want you to sound like a million bucks right but as i told told you today content is the key and you've got great content. Thank you. It's true. When you talk, people listen. <laughs> I listen most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's uh, that's good. Anything else you w- wanted to mention before we sign off? No, I'm just happy that we're back at it we're again. Coming back at it. You know, it's fun. It's fun. It is fun. We need to do this more often. Yeah. So, well, I just wanted to say I love you. I <laughs> love you too. And uh, I'm just really still, I've, I went to a marriage conference at our church yesterday that Melissa wasn't able to go to because of sick children. And uh, we did the Paul trip simulcast. And so I know we've, in the past or, you know, back in the old days when we used to podcast regularly, <laughs> 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 we were trying to bring in a more focused um, uh, 
what would you say, like, a, like a more focus on parenting and marriage right. and yeah. those things. I think we're trying to kind of work the, the podcast more towards those things. But uh, I would say if you could check out his book, um, What Did You Expect? What Were You Expecting? Something like, I don't know. I think it's What Did You Expect? I think it's Paul Tripp's book on that. Does that sound familiar to you? Uh, I... What Did You Expect? Or What Were You Expecting? Something like that. But he talked about how, you know, we're we're in these marriages and and we're our marriages are located in fallen world in a fallen world. Uh, marriages take place between two sinners who have not completed their sanctification journey, you know. But we have a good Savior who is willing and able to help us, and so He uses He is He is willing to help, and the way that He helps is He He uses your spouse. As a tool for grace, the way that God's grace is tangible and visible in your marriage uh, is you. As as you see the sinfulness in, in your husband or your wife, and you um, see that as an opportunity for you to be God's instrument of grace, and and sometimes conviction, and sometimes unconditional love, and all those things. Right. Yeah. So it's been really so. That really, uh, I've just been, you know, basking in the glow of the teaching. And I just wanted to say, I love you and you're a great wife. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. I love you too. Anything else you want to say? Because uh, I really think you are, you are definitely a tool of God's grace in my life. So thank you. Thank you, Chad. You're welcome. And I think the outro music is actually about to start playing. That's perfect. So we should just kind of wait until it starts. (laughs) Here it is. (laughs) (laughs) That was so natural. I've enjoyed it. All right. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.